in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. Tonight, city and school police are explaining why they didn't put out an alert about last week's shooting spree that left six dead and three others injured. Thanks for being with us at 5 o'clock. I'm Britt Moreno. I'm Daniel Marin. Investigators just held a briefing shedding lights on their decision-making process. Our Kelly Wiley was there. Kelly, what did we learn? Well, we learned that there were multiple students and a staff member in the parking lot of Northeast Early College High School, and they witnessed a man firing off shots at Sergeant Val Barnes. Some of those students even recorded part of this, including that man running across the parking lot and uh, running across the parking lot and taking off in his vehicle. There was also a surveillance video that captured some of this. But ultimately, Chief Henderson said today the quality of the video factored into their decision not to release still photos or an alert. They said they couldn't make out the license plate and the videos from the school only showed the back of the suspect. We also learned more about the mindset of the school police officer, Sergeant Val Barnes, after he was shot twice in both legs. The suspect's violence of action prevented Sergeant Barnes from reacting, which there was no activation of body-worn camera, there was no activation of in-car camera. The cameras that we had on campus that were provided to us by our ASD partners only gave us that portion to work with. And we were even lucky enough that the students kept their wits about them to even record on their video cell phone to provide us with that little information. Kelly, the arrest affidavit said Austin police also had descriptions and even still photos from the shooting that happened after the one at the school in that Shadywood neighborhood. Folks are asking, why not send out an alert then? And a lot of us in the room were asking this. Ultimately, they told us that they were working on different descriptions, partial descriptions all throughout the day. And they said some of the video, like for instance, in the Shadywood neighborhood, they didn't really get that until much later in the day. They told us that really by the time they Strung, strung all this together and figured out that these were all connected. That was just before they heard about that shooting on Austral Loop where we saw the mother and daughter found dead in their home. That's when they had finally gathered it together and they said they were really just about to put something out then, but then officers had to be dispatched to that house and then the chase started and they captured the suspect. Coming up at 6 o'clock, though, we have more information that's coming out of this affidavit that was filed in court today, including a chilling statement the detective said Shane James made to police after he was caught. In Austin, Kelly Wiley, KXAN News. And such a sad time for all those victims and their families. Kelly, thank you so much for that reporting. Right now, a federal judge is contemplating whether to hold the state of Texas in contempt of court yet again over ongoing problems in the Texas foster care system. Now, following the latest courtroom showdown in a lawsuit that's lasted over 12 years, Judge Janice Jack could slap the state with a fine for not following some of her specific court-ordered reforms. KXN's Avery Travis listened in on days of testimony and has more on what's next. Pictures show dirty, damaged, and disorganized rooms inside rentals in Temple, Killeen, and Belton, housing Texas foster children with some of the highest behavioral and medical needs. Pictures filed in a report ahead of a hearing in federal court revealing dozens of children spent nights in these kinds of unregulated placements this year. 
But the grim picture painted by witness after witness in that hearing, using only their memories, gripped a Texas courtroom for three days. Hopeless former caseworkers remembered nights working harrowing overtime shifts, watching kids at these kinds of placements. And an 18-year-old girl offered tearful testimony about inappropriate advances from an adult staffer and other poor treatment during her seven years in the system. Very dangerous problem areas that that remain um, even after all these years. Paul Yetter, one of the lead attorneys who originally filed the lawsuit on behalf of thousands of children in the state's care, told the judge they've seen little improvement from the Texas agencies tasked with finding homes and investigating reports of abuse or neglect. Leadership from the state agencies involved told the court that they've made improvements, lowering the number of children without placement, as well as prioritizing staffing issues that could potentially put pressure on the system. Now, the judge has held the state of Texas in contempt twice before during the course of this lawsuit, so all eyes are looking to her, waiting on any ruling. Avery Travis, KXAN News. And KXAN did reach out to both Department and of Family and Protective Services and the Health and Human Services Commission, and they pointed us to the private attorneys now representing the state. Those attorneys, however, have yet to respond to our requests. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, just as we promised this would happen yesterday, clouds have really pulled back into the area this afternoon. After a pretty sunny start, it is overcast up in Georgetown. Temperatures are comfortable at 64, live on the Ewald Kubota Cam up in Williamson County. You can see those cloudy skies area-wide. Still not a drop of rain falling from them, but this is going to change, and it's going to change a little sooner than you may think. An update to your forecast has a wetter day tomorrow starting early in the morning. We'll time out that round of rain and the main event Friday. Also, what time the rain clears for your upcoming weekend plans. David, thank you very much. The United States and Israel are becoming more isolated internationally amid growing calls for a ceasefire in Gaza. Now, 90% of the over 2 million people there have been displaced. Since the beginning of its ground incursion, the Israeli, uh, the Israeli military says it has lost 104 troops and since October 7th, 433. The humanitarian situation is worsening inside of the Strip. The World Health Organization says Gaza has only 11 functioning hospitals left. There are reports of efforts to get talks for a ceasefire started up again, but it seems like that won't happen anytime soon. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is back in the nation's capital today, pleading for more aid in his country's fight against Russia. But that aid is caught up in a political battle. Some congressional leaders are warning a deal may not get done before the end of the year. NBC's Alice Barr has the latest now from the White House. In a make-or-break moment for his country, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky returning to Washington to make his case for why the U.S. should keep standing with Ukraine against Russia. And I'd like to thank American partners for the support. President Biden invited Zelensky to the White House in a bid to secure lawmaker support for a floundering national security package that ties aid for Ukraine and Israel to money for the U.S. southern border. The president I called on Congress to do the right thing, to stand with Ukraine and to stand up for freedom. On Capitol Hill, in a meeting open to all senators, the Ukrainian president adamant his country will win with U.S. support while making clear. If we lose, Putin wins. And this will be very, very dangerous for the United States. 
But after a one-on-one meeting with Zelensky, Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson appeared unmoved, saying he needs clarity on the plan for victory and oversight of U.S. taxpayer dollars. And we needed a transformative change at the border. Thus far, we've gotten neither. Bipartisan negotiators are working for compromise but remain far apart, with Republicans demanding major policy changes to curb high levels of illegal border crossings, while Democratic members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus are warning against harsh restrictions on asylum claims. Immigration reform, long one of the most vexing issues for Congress, now holding up urgent aid for U.S. allies. The White House warning Ukraine will run out of ammunition by the end of the year. Lawmakers running out of time as they prepare to head home for the holidays. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. A foreign national was able to make his way into the U.S. on a plane with no passport or tickets. His reasoning for how he got here. And why moms-to-be are using marijuana pregnant. Why a new study warns about this coming up. A man flew from Denmark to LAX without a passport, visa, or even a plane ticket, and the FBI is now working to determine how he did it. His name is Sergei Ochakava. He's from Russia and faces a charge of being a stowaway. According to court documents, on November 4th, he arrived in LA after hopping on an SAS flight in Copenhagen. When he arrived and presented himself for the entry at the Customs and Border Protection at LAX, Officers discovered he was not a listed passenger or any other incoming international flight passenger. He gave false and misleading info about his travels to the U.S. and initially told officers he left his passport on the plane, which turned out to be false. He did have a Russian and Israeli ID with him, though. The flight crew says he wandered the plane, kept changing his seat, and even asked for two meals during his flight. He claimed he had not slept in three days and did not understand what was going on. Women who use marijuana during pregnancy may be putting their baby's health at risk, and that risk increases the more they use. That's according to a new study today in the Journal of the American Medical Association. The study followed more than 9,000 moms-to-be across the U.S. It found cannabis exposure during pregnancy is associated with an increased risk of unhealthy outcomes, especially low birth weights. Other risks include preterm birth, stillbirth, and high blood pressure for moms. Past research found cannabis can negatively affect the placenta, the source of nutrients and oxygen for babies. Now, this study also compared marijuana use in the first trimester versus use throughout the pregnancy. A third of the women who were using at the beginning stopped while the others continued and their neonatal outcomes while they differed. But the study lacks information on why these women were using cannabis in the first place. Surveys have shown some women say they use it to help with morning sickness. Gear up for some changes to Austin Water's drought plan. The good thing is Austin Water wants your input on how to change it, when you can have your voice heard, and why leaders want change right now. And that update to the plan comes in the midst of a multi-year drought after an extraordinarily hot and dry summer. An El Nino winter starting off unusually dry. 12 days into the month, still not a drop of rain. But this is going to change, and it changes tomorrow in your forecast. Welcome back. Austin Water is updating its drought contingency plan, and they want your input. I spoke with the agency about why the update is happening now and how you can have your voice heard. It's only been drought since I've been here. Kevin Kluge manages water conservation for the city, a city undergoing big changes. We have changing climate. We have changing inflows into the reservoirs, but also we have 
changing customers. We have more people coming to the community, more businesses. Every five years, the state of Texas requires that Austin Water update their plan for how the city deals with drought, including how often you can water your lawn or wash your car. The last plan was approved in 2019. We need a new plan for a new time. Austin has been under stage two water restrictions since August, when the amount of water in the Highland Lakes dropped below 900,000 acre feet. And then the next threshold is down at 600,000 acre feet of water. So one of the things we're looking at in this new drought plan is to add a stage in between there at 750,000 acre feet so that we can respond a little more readily. We don't have to go all the way down to 600 and then say, okay, now we need to do something different. Other ideas include more rebates to customers who conserve water or stricter enforcement measures. David Yeomans, KXAN News. Well, tonight's virtual meeting takes place coming up in less than an hour at 6 p.m. this evening, where the public will have a chance to ask questions about the current drought plan and also speak up about proposed changes. You can find the link for this meeting if you want to take part in this story on the homepage of our website, kxan.com. Austin Water will submit its updated drought contingency plan to the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality for approval on May 1st. And you can find more stories from our Dried Up series on KXAN.com examining the growing water crisis in Texas. That includes our recent coverage of illegal private dams bottling up water in the Hill Country. Let's go out to our current forecast as we look toward rain coming as early as early in the morning tomorrow. First, though, it was the third freezing cold morning in a row in our rural suburbs. 32 this morning at Austin Bergstrom International Airport. We stayed a little warmer than that, 39 in the city this morning. But since that clear, cold, still morning, the clouds have pulled back in like a blanket. It is a gray sunset this evening on the Austonian weather cam. Temperatures are very comfortable, though, 65 in Marble Falls and Dripping Springs, 66 in San Marcos middle and upper 60s, mainly from I-35 eastward. Pollen count a little bit worse across the board today. Thankfully, cedar is still low, but mold climbing from low up into medium concentrations. Here's the special X-ray satellite, I call it. It's the water vapor image showing all this moisture increasing up in the sky over our heads. This is manifesting itself in terms of clouds in our area, but look to the west. See this big swirl here of drier air? This is the center of a slowing, intensifying storm which, watch this, on the future projection, is about to make snow, boom, ramp up in the southern Rockies tomorrow night. And by Friday, watch this, our impacts come with a huge, long complex of rain and thunderstorms up and down I-35, including here on Friday morning. So let's zoom in, not only to the timeline of the Friday and weekend rain, but also to what happens when you wake up in the morning. Skies are cloudy, but we stay dry through the evening. But early tomorrow morning, the big update to your forecast tonight is that tomorrow looks a little damp for many of us. A few light showers develop before dawn. Late morning through midday, pretty decent chance of some damp weather with passing light showers on kind of a chilly middle of the week tomorrow. Late tomorrow, though, the rain tapers off under cloudy skies. Then, after round one of rain tomorrow, we get a little respite, a break on Thursday. Some drier air moving in means only a very slight chance of rain Thursday west of Austin. Skies are still mainly cloudy, but not a lot of rain Thursday. Here's where that changes. Early Friday morning, this is at 2.30, our high-resolution models are suggesting a big complex of rain with some embedded lightning and thunder, but 
no severe weather or flooding as it looks right now. It approaches the hill country overnight, entering Llano Lake Buchanan before you wake up Friday. Here's the bad news for your Friday morning rush hour or commute to get the kids off to school. Boom, heavy rain and thunderstorms rolling into Austin. 8, 9 a.m. heavy rain ongoing for many of us. The leading edge of the storms is east of our area by midday Friday with just a bit of rain tapering off through the afternoon in our eastern counties. This model can only see through midday Friday, at which time it is still raining out on Highway 77. But by that time, look at this, the heaviest rain we've seen in almost two months. One to two inches of widespread rain looking likely with a minimal risk of any bad or threatening weather, as I said. This is also going to come with a cold front, ensuring that we stay chilly this weekend. On Friday, the storms are brought by this wind shift. Notice by noon Friday, even as the rain tapers off, that cold north wind starts to blow in, keeping temperatures in jacket weather territory. Before that happens, cloudy skies tonight, much warmer temperatures and a few showers developing by dawn. 49, all we got for a low. Tomorrow, though, the temperatures don't rise much. A better chance of a few passing showers on a chilly day with a high of 55. After a 50% chance of light rain tomorrow, a break Thursday, near guarantee of some rain and storms early Friday, then windy but dry weather this weekend. We've dropped the rain chance out of your Saturday forecast with lovely sunshine on Sunday. All right, David, thank you very much. A new report from the Austin-Travis County Sexual Assault Response and Resource Team, or SART, shows that out of more than 1,000 sexual assault cases reported in Travis County over the last two years, the district attorney's office has so far decided to move forward with 337 of them. And out of those accepted, 252 were brought before a grand jury with 246 indictments. Those details were laid out at a Travis County Commissioner's Court meeting today. County leaders say the program just needs more funding. Because the SART coordinator isn't a full-time position, there's kind of an imbalance within the team. Not having more funding that is dedicated just to the SART really um, sort of helps to maintain the, the power imbalance. And officials say more funding for the program would also go toward training and maintaining a database for sexual assault investigations. How much time is left to have packages delivered before Christmas? Right now, the growing arms race in space between China and the U.S. Our look inside one company trying to counter the Chinese threat. Plus, our exclusive, the federal government cracking down on hidden car dealer fees. That's ahead on Nightly News. Well, Christmas is less than two weeks away, and according to a recent Gallup poll, consumers are spending more money on gifts this year, almost $1,000 total. That's $100 more than last year. And if you haven't shipped those packages to loved ones just yet, well, the clock is ticking. Experts with the Mail Center say you have until next Wednesday, the 20th, to ship items if you want them to arrive for Christmas. And to lower the risk of getting it delayed, ship early, and they say ship efficiently. When shipping, if you want to ship and be efficient, like you have a lot of gifts you want to send to one household, instead of packing them up and wrapping them, we have gift mailers and gift boxes. Using those are actual shippable items that are already wrapped in a gift. And if you're expecting a package, watch out for those thieves stealing them off of porches, of course. Mm -hmm. If you won't be home, ask a trusted neighbor to grab your delivery for you. And also, depending on the carrier delivering your package, you may be able to schedule a delivery time for when you will be home. Some places also allow you to ship directly to the store so you can just go pick it up.
And you can get in the holiday spirit for free tonight. Trail of Lights is offering free admission now through Friday. This is such a fun thing to do with the whole family. You can see millions of lights, 90 lighted trees, and over 70 displays throughout Zilker Park. Trail of Lights is open from 7 to 10 tonight. And if you plan on going to Trail of Lights, another night. Here's what's ahead tonight on KXAN. The Voice starts at 7, and then at 9, it's an hour of found, and we're back with KXAN News at 10. Or as always, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN. KXAN News at 9 over on CW Austin. Here's where to find CW Austin.